Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Magic, Woodstock, and heart-eating unicorns. Oh boy, it's another episode of The Legends of Tomorrow. That's right, we're back for Season 4, Episode 1, The Virgin Gary. Let's do it. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Oh, look at this, everybody. A little Summer slow. Of love. <laughs> the Summer of Love playing us into this episode of Legends of Tomorrow. We're looking back. We're actually breaking down a whole new season of Legends Tomorrow. Get ready for a fun hour of adventure. We know we're excited to have you. And uh, we get all started. I'm your host, Frank Moran. And I'm Dave Child. Everyone else is not here. <laughs> we have Lucretia and Lex. Lucretia is uh, feeling a little ill yes. tonight, and Lex has to work, but like. Oh, they'll be back. The whole gang of misfits and not heroes will be here. Absolutely. So don't but we, you worry. But just even with the Dave and I, the two of us, we're still going to have a jam-packed episode for you. We're going to break oh, yeah. down the episode. We're going to do a special segment towards the end, uh, requiring if you're a longtime fan of the show or just new to the season, uh, Frank's Beef. That'll be our special segment getting into you. We'll see uh-huh. if uh, I will bring up a particular criticism of the episode. We'll see if anybody on this panel, which is just Dave tonight. Yeah. Can, can I eat, eat that beef? <laughs> can I eat Frank's Beef is then, what we really want to address. That's true. And then we'll have some news, gossip, and, and predictions as well to round up the show. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All those things. And what a magical, magical episode Absolutely. You this know, Dave, was. Before we dive into particulars, uh-huh. what did you think just overall? I really liked it. It's just, uh, this show is such a breath of fresh air, and I feel like any fans of the show will say the same thing, where it just doesn't seem, you watch all these other DC superhero shows, and they're all always dealing with something heavy, something deep, and then you get this nice episode that's just about a killer unicorn, and can it just be about a killer unicorn, and they're just having fun, and they're saying very meta jokes, and there's meta cameos, and... It's all this fun that you're just, it's campy, bright superhero fun. And you don't get that with the other shows all the time. Sometimes you do. But this is just, it's its reliable in that way. So I'm happy to have it back. That's true. This, I think, of all the DC Universe TV shows, the one that takes itself least seriously. Yeah. Sometimes it can be a little frustrating, but more often than not, it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, so certainly, I feel like, before we dive into this episode in particular, I would think going towards fourth season, you would think... If they're getting together for four years that they've been doing this, there there should be you know at least a learning curve where they're getting better at what they're doing. Uh-huh. And it seems at least the beginning of this episode, they are doing better. They, yeah, it they, seems like they're doing better. Yeah. It seems like their disguises actually make sense. They're on the lookout. And when it happens, when the time operation pops up, they're able to uh, attack Paul Revere pretty quickly and get him to the other... The And they actually use like the Time Bureau like window things which is a lot more helpful than trying to get them on the ship and which would be a whole episode in a previous season so that was kind of nice that was just like oh get done efficient done we're really good and now we're bored because we're really good you know it's uh 
Yeah, I would like to think that if I had my own time machine and I was part of a team, uh-huh. you know, I'm not going to dare say elite, but just part of a team that was going through trying to, you know, keep time on track. Don't you dare say elite. <laughs> just the normal, run-of-the-mill, time-traveling team. Yeah, I would think – I don't think I would ever get bored. No, not if you get to see the Beatles. Yeah. And you're hanging out with the Beatles. I think that's exciting. And also you're you're dealing with working with time and knowing about the future or finding out about the future, all that stuff you're kind of like wrestling with and going back and forth. So, I mean, it's – I don't think they would get bored, but I think it's because they had the tease that there were going to be dragons. There were going to be magical creatures. And they were like, oh, I thought we were going to fight monsters and have more magical fights and – I like the ratings joke. I yes. like that weird ratings joke about like, oh, it's a time bureau is working on the ratings and it's not the ratings of the show. We're not in an actual show. We're not, we're not TV show fictional people or anything. It was just a nice, <laughs> yeah. I like a nice meta joke every now and then. I think that was a good one. And I think that's what they were addressing is they thought it was going to be something new, something different, and they're getting good at what they're doing. But they're not very – they're not an elite squad. They're just going around having fun and being kind of chaotic. So they want more of that chaos. Well, as we dive into this episode, we saw last season teased a lot throughout uh, as a reoccurring character. was John Constantine. Yeah. And then, of course, it was announced last season that he was going to be promoted to a full-time regular this season of Legends of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. which, of course, means you're probably going to get a more magical bent, which was teased, as you were mentioning, at the end of the season three finale. Where he shows up at the head of a dragon and says, "Oh wait, now you you know you destroyed uh, you know Malice, and now all of a sudden you open the door for Malice, yes, and that led in a lot of other like magical demony creatures, yeah. So now they got to deal with that. Now we see that five months have passed, so they kind of treated it like real time. Five mm-hmm. months have passed since Constantine showed up on that beach with a dragon's head, real time, and <laughs> they're always dealing, they're always <laughs> dealing with real time <laughs> in this show, and I'm always like, you have a time machine." You just need to establish that rule that once you go to that time, you have to like – it's in real time from that point. I don't know. Well, no, no, no. I did the jump, I just do a, a little tangent real quick because there is a moment where Sarah goes up to recruit John Constantine on this mission. Yeah. And he does say to her, why are you in such a hurry if you have a time machine? Right. Which, well, but at the same time, the rest of her team is in that time period. So I guess you can say they have to be on the same time line. But you could go back instantaneously. I know. I know but yeah. they're trying to avoid that as much as possible. Like, they just yes. need to establish like a cool, a good Doctor Who rule somewhere in there. And they <laughs> haven't yet done that about like these are what the time rules are because they're all over the place. Remember when they had to be – in three different time places at the end of the first season at the exact same time. It didn't make sense. But, you know. Let's not speak of those low moments of the no, 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 of tomorrow. Because no. now this is great. That's right. Uh, so they, they pull off the what, what turns out to be the last, t- last time aberration. Yeah. They are brought over to the Time Bureau headquarters in Washington, D.C. and celebrated. Yeah, it's nice. Yes. Yeah, so they get some medals that they can't take home with them. Yeah. But uh, And Ava uh, proposes to Sarah that, hey, guess what? You know, I think not proposes, but proposes an idea. An idea. You, you drop the p word. It gets a lot of people excited. That's true. That their their relationship is great. I'm really liking this this ship that's happening right now, and I kind of like where they are. I know what tends to happen in these shows. It's always a problem. Is like no one could be in a happy relationship for very long. They have to bring something new that gets in the way of that relationship. But I think they're setting up the 
dominoes pretty well for a natural thing that would get in the way of that relationship, which you see in this episode with Constantine becoming kind of more of a figure and also being an ex. So. That's true. You, are you going to be able to let your – can you just work with an ex? Oof, that's tough. Can you? S- sexual tension. <laughs> Always. Especially if it's Constantine who's just like dripping too much. He's, <laughs> just, he has that like unicorn musk – but it's it's sexiness instead of hallucinogenic <laughs> rainbows. It's well, about the same thing. It just sprays on people when it gets near, and oof. everyone feels super sexy afterwards. That's what I get from Constantine. <laughs> well, Constantine does show up. Hashtag at, uh, Constantine Musk. <laughs> oh, spread it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's see if we can get that one trending, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does, Constantine does make his reappearance at uh, Ava's apartment to say, hey, Sarah, guess what? It's been five months, but those monsters are coming and to prove his point, he rolls some bones. Rolls them bones and leaves the bones. Yes. <laughs> Which I feel like if you have the bones of a martyred saint, you can make sure you take them away with you, right? He's just leaving them in the apartment. Oh, I've got a spare. This is yeah. yeah it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's just it's just one of the many martyred saints that I have. Oh yeah. So uh, he but does. Then they start a tingling. The bones start a tingling. I mean, something's happening. And oh, if you're boy. looking for uh, an issue, then you want to go to Gary over in the Time Bureau to find out what they can do. Gary. 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 Can we talk about how the name of this episode is the Virgin Gary? Absolutely. Which is, I feel so bad for Gary. I feel like he's getting the short end of the stick with a lot of these jokes. Well, true. I mean, I feel like he was introduced as a, just like a, like the butt of the joke when he was first He's introduced a, a couple of seasons joke ago. And he continues to be the butt of, I thought he had a very loving moment with Constantine and to find out that he's still a virgin even after a night with Constantine was a bit of a surprise for me. True. What they did didn't count. What they did didn't count. So what did they do? I don't know. I, I felt like it was... <laughs> it was something he did like what we did and did some rubbing motion. Yeah. I think it was over the clothes. I you think, think it was over the clothes? Yeah. You think that's what it was? I think it was. Over the clothes stuff? I think, I think that was the gesture. We, we didn't go, hmm. yeah, we were just above. Lucretia is so upset that she's not here right <laughs> yeah. now for this specific conversation that we're having. Uh, you know, people love these type of conversations that we hear after after buzz. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, in fact, not just this conversation, but conversations about all your favorite TV shows. Because, you know, our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there's no network that works harder to serve you, the television fan. But you know what? We need your help. So we're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. And by subscribing to our channel, YouTube's going to suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, don't worry. They're optional. So hit that subscribe button now and for this channel and check out all our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know what you did in the contents. And you know what? Dave Child, yeah. he's going he's gonna to find some of the people that have done that. And if you comment there, and he's going to create like a, a poem, a sonnet just to you. Oh, this is new. Yeah, that he'll, uh, he'll, he'll uh, release to the viewing audience in a future episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. That's right. So for sure, now, I'll create a poem just for you. That's right. <laughs> for now, it won't be a good poem. Please keep that in mind. It will be a terrible poem, but you know, it'll be there. We made no guarantees about you know the quality of that poem. Just that said, poem would be created. Yes. But for now, thanks for being the best of fans in the world and for helping us to become the ESPN of TV talk. You're the best around. Okay. Hey guys. By the way, I just got the chat up, so please talk to us on the chat. Whenever, and we'll talk right back, because now we actually have it. Look at that. So just Dave adding Child. it. Yeah. Internet connected. Dave Child. Yes. 
so the the heart of the episode takes place in 1969 at Woodstock. Everybody kind of finds this aberration, uh, this magical blip that could be coming up. And if it's not really standing out, that might be that it's in a location where people really aren't pre- like paying attention to it at the moment. Yeah, it's kind of it's in a very wibbly wobbly moment of time because you know it's it's Woodstock. Wibbly, wobbly, timey wimey. Yep. Stuff. Good. Wow. Good That's catch. Right. There you go. Good catch for the Doctor Who crossover. <laughs> Another AfterBuzz show I'm on so, <laughs> the night previous. So I'm in all the time traveling stuff. But, uh, I, yeah, it is like a moment where everyone's doing a lot of drugs so they don't quite know what is reality. They don't know what's I, – I think there's a lot of stories from Woodstock that are probably all over the place that it doesn't quite match up. So I kind of like that that's where the burp is and they refer to it as a burp and they're not very sure if it's a if it's a problem in time or if it's just something else. So it kind of leads to that. Yeah, so uh, they do end up going and – and some of them are showing up for a variety of different reasons because Sarah's going back to try to see if there's some kind of possible monster. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want Ava to know yet. But uh, Ray and uh, uh, Zari are going back because Ray is worried that it could possibly be Nora. Yes. And he helped her escape, giving her her father's uh, time stone. Right. And it seems like Ray's in love with a Nora. That's not going to be a Snora. (laughs) See, that's why Dave is doing the poem. It's good, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Nate and Mick show up because Uh uh, they find out from uh, Nate's dad that you know what Woodstock became known as the Woodstock Massacre. Yeah, and I, I I like kind of that reveal. I think that was nice little bit of writing to have that just be in a conversation with the dad who's like, oh, he's going to refer to me as a hippie and how much he hates hippies because he used to hate hippies back in the day. And then he's you know talked about the massacre, and I thought that was a good way of introducing that time has changed. Uh, now, usually, uh, I know we have our special segment, you know, Frank's Beef, uh, that'll be coming up later. But we always like to do like these little spot special segments, quick one oh, that we're gonna do beefs. for you. Uh, little mini. This won't be a mini beef. This is just one of those uh, Easter egg spots with Dave. Oh Trout. yeah, <laughs> here's a special Easter egg of this episode. If you didn't notice, the guy who plays <laughs> Nate's dad also played Biff. In Back to the Future. Did you notice? Yeah, I know. That's a bit of a surprise for a lot of people (laughs) who didn't notice someone from one of the most recognizable movies of all time. But, you know, time travel to time travel. I thought that was kind of nice to to have him in the show suddenly. (laughs) I will be honest, folks. Until Dave brought that up to me, I was oblivious. So thank you, Dave. You didn't realize it? Uh, He's never seen Back to the Future. <laughs> I will say, and this is a total tangent, though. But I, I guess you know, for the, the color of the TV screens, I don't know, if, like the just the lips thing. Yes, that, no, I think it's the TVs we're watching it on. Yes, I don't think that's everyone's TV. No. I think the TVs have an AfterBuzz for some reason have a weird. The lips always stand out really weird. <laughs> they were. So we can move past that. That's just that's just the shows that we. Oh watch. no, true. Yes, absolutely. But I, that's just like that's why I was saying it's just a small one. But it was just I kept on noticing Tom's lips, and I was just like, these are just weird lips. He's just kissable. I that's biff. true. But uh, we find out because it's certainly uh, Nate has talked about in the past that he's had a, a very kind of chilly relationship with his father. And we've met his great, we've met his grandfather, and he really bonded with him before he ended up sacrificing right, himself. Right, right. But now we get a chance to really meet his father in person and see that relationship on display. That's interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that. So this is the son of a former superhero mm-hmm. himself, which is probably why he's like a conservative capitalist. He's kind of like going against the superhero code. Yeah, in a lot of ways. You know, that's how you rebel from your dad as you become 
the square that, when your dad's like a superhero. That's true. Yeah, and he ends up sacrificing himself, and perhaps is not around for you for very much. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I will be curious because Tom Wilson is you know it's a. I mean, it's a nice character yeah, to get. So. I think he'll come back at least once or twice more. I think they're setting up something that Nate has to deal with this entire season is like whether or not, you know, dealing with his dad and the relationships Cause that he has. Yeah, because I don't think you bring in Tom Wilson if it's just going to be a one-off. Yeah. You? Yeah. So it'll be curious to see where where that develops. Uh, we yeah. do see at the end of the episode, though, that uh, you know they they do go to the house first to kind of sneak into it and steal some booze, but uh, then get caught. Which I do like that <laughs> Henry is a guy that still brings his shotgun down. Uh, that's all right. Hey, I'm going to take care of this myself. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Of course, he, yeah. he probably has a whole collection of guns. Yeah, there you go. He's, he's four guns. You can kind of tell. Uh, but I do like that even when Nate shows up at the end of the episode with some beer to like have a drink with his dad. It's like okay. But you're talking my language. <laughs> but even Henry's like, we don't do that. Like, come on, dude. Meet him halfway. Well, that's what he ends up doing. I think he just, he, he, he has the wall up at first. And then he's like, oh, he's just talking about having a beer. I can have a beer. I also think it's funny to be like, my academic kid. <laughs> How dare you be a history teacher? Ugh. Yeah, because it was interesting the way he referred to it as, like, deductive history. Right, yeah. yeah. He describes, like, what the kind of complex history that he, you know, usually studies. And uh, it did sound a little ridiculous. But it still was, like, still an academic. It's still better than what a lot of, like, what you usually, you know, he's not a member of a band or something. I can't imagine, like, if you were describing it to me like that, it makes it sound kind of cool. And I yeah. would have to imagine that there would have to be some... Some job in the world that people would be like, yeah, we need a guy like that to do it for us. Yeah. I'm also curious why he doesn't just tell his dad. Oh, I guess he doesn't have the clearance for it because he, he's working at the Pentagon. That's something, too. They drop that he has a new job at the Pentagon. True. So I think that's going to come back a little later. I think he's going to, like, face off with his son somehow with the, with the legends, with the cur- current government. And it's probably going to have something to do with aliens. Well, you know, there you go. That's that's my that's well. We'll get to predictions a little later, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that again, just as pointedly, when we get to predictions. I'm gonna just say right now. Uh, I'm thinking Pentagon, thinking pentagram, mm-hmm. which is magic, which is what this whole season is gonna be based around. That it could be uh, like the the Pentagon becomes the center of a giant pentagram. I like that. Mm. I like that a lot. Should we just get into predictions now? No, we still have more predictions. We still have more to talk about. So, of course, we find out what the the dangerous beast turns out to be. Uh, It turns out to be a unicorn. The unicorn was so good. It's such a good idea. I like. I really like the idea of seeing a unicorn at at Woodstock, and everyone's just so happy to see a unicorn. The unicorn turns out to be evil. And I just I like that. I feel like that's something that we need to see more of in Legends is this kind of introduction and switch. Like a lot of the historical figures we meet are kind of like the historical figures we imagine them to be. And it's nice to have this kind of bait and switch kind of happen. But I mean, I mean, I guess we already knew that if you were going to see something colorful show up, it was probably going to be bad news because they do find a body with its heart ripped out. Right. Uh, hanging in a tree above a pile of goop. On the well, the goo was there and I kind of got a sense. Everyone was like tweeting at us little unicorn icons. So I was like, oh, I bet there's going to be a unicorn in this episode. But when I saw the goo, I thought maybe it was unicorn blood hmm. or poop. 
I thought they were going to make it unicorn poop, mm. but instead it's musk, which is a little weirder yeah. in a way. But I, it could be something hunting down the unicorn. It could be like another monster or something. And they're protecting the unicorn. Yeah, yeah. and they could protect the unicorn. But the fact that the unicorn is evil was a bit surprising. It could be something else like going after the unicorn. I felt like the the longer they really showed up and the unicorn shows up at Woodstock and kind of rears up on its hind legs and it's all glowy and everybody's like yeah. ooing and eyeing and that shot takes so long. You're like, all right, I'm just, it's going to turn. Well, yeah. yes. You kind of know it's the unicorn's a bad guy from that, you know, hole in the chest. <laughs> so you, you are waiting for that. But yeah, I'm just saying the concept of yes. the unicorn is a bit surprising at least. I, I, I really like the effects work on the teeth of the unicorn. Yeah, how they made him have like fangs. Yeah. Like he had like... He had carnivorous teeth when he finally got up close and the unicorn got scarier and scarier and then was kind of like shown to be a hell beast by the end of it. That was kind of nice. Yeah, Yeah. definitely like that. Uh, So, of course, it impales uh, one person at Woodstock and then eats its heart. Uh (laughs) Eats eats her heart. uh, But still, it doesn't turn into the stampede yet. I guess not enough people – Either saw this or like were like cognizant enough of like, oh, this is really happening. It's not some kind of bad trip I'm taking. Right, right. That's true because it does happen in front of a lot of people. But I think it's still Woodstock, and I think it didn't get up on stage. At least as <laughs> yeah. soon as it got up on stage during Jefferson Airplane, that would be a problem. <laughs> so they now got to go get Constantine to do this, and Constantine, mm-hmm. as always, has a big book of uh, magic spells. Yeah, yeah. You know, as you do. Of course. And then they, I did like gathering the different devices from the different people that are at Woodstock. It's kind of nice. Yeah, there you go. So you can get your Jerry Garcia, you get your Jimi Hendrix, yeah. you get your Janis Joplin. I didn't know. This is how not of a deadhead I am, but I did not realize Jerry Garcia was missing a finger like that. Neither that did I. That was new information. I just learned something. Thanks, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. I did know they used to... They used to put acid in everybody's drinks, so enough so everyone said, whenever you're on the Grateful Dead, don't drink anything. Don't, because they slipped acid into everybody's drinks because they thought it was hilarious. Really? Yeah, that was something the Grateful Dead frequently. I mean, I guess that's the, in the time before you would be buying bottled or canned beverages. You're just like, yeah, it was just being like, oh, yeah, let me pour you some coffee, buddy. And, you know, it would be in the coffee in the morning. That's the stuff that they would do. So, Grateful Dead. They're a wacky bunch that that kind of screw up a lot of people. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening to me right now? Great music, though. Great music and great people. Don't want to anger the dead out there. No, uh, and nothing. I feel like everybody else gets their things very easily. The only one that is in kind of a precarious situation is Nate. Yeah, who's changed chased down by that really mouth that wants the the, the the marijuana joint. Yeah, and it was uh, and ran away. Well, it's because you stole Jerry Garcia's joint. And that's going. That's a big problem. You'll have the you'll have the dead chasing after you. So <laughs> that's what's happening. Both living and grateful. Uh huh. You also had a little bit of a tug of war with Janis Joplin for a second, but then as soon as she was like, "Oh, tiny robot man," then <laughs> yes. let him go. There you go. Tiny robot man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Constantine has a spell, but it requires the last bit is they need a virgin. Who are they gonna get? You're gonna get your boy Gary. They're gonna get Gary the virgin. Did you think he was going to get a robotic hand by the end of this? I thought because when the spell goes down, the the unicorn chomps onto Gary's hand. Yeah. I thought that that hand was going to come off. I thought it was going to come off. I thought maybe the gate was going to close over the hand. And then Gary was going to have like a very funny robotic hand for the whole season. Yes. Maybe for the rest of the seasons. Which I think would be a good idea. But now he's going to have a robotic nipple. So that's something. 
because like given the way that we see those fangs in that horse's mouth, uh-huh. it just seemed really unlikely that it would have bit his hand in such a way that it missed his actual hand. It was just kind of clamping down. Yeah, right. It should have been bleeding a lot from the hand, but yeah. he did take a nipple. That's true. I was not expecting that uh, because you do get like the tug of wars. Constantine kind of summons a spell and starts drawing him in. And then they kind of do that bit like, oh, we got him. Oh, no, he's doing one last surge. Yeah. And uh, also Sarah had a great like, you are bleeding a lot. <laughs> had a really good take there. That was a really good bit of performance there. Uh, and I like Constantine's is, uh, you know, is, you know, pep talk. Where yeah. It's like, you know, my soul's going to hell and your nipple just got there first. Yeah, and then as they were walking away, you heard John say, like, no, about that virgin thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Get a Gary. I, you know, as uh, it's great to see Constantine in the show, but I'm, I, and I'm always a sucker for the way they uh, demonstrate magic uh-huh. uh, with the special effects and stuff, and they incorporate that into a superhero show. So I'm always a sucker to seeing Constantine, you know, whipping around and seeing the, the the or the spheres and the lines start to kind of appearing in, right. in, in in the air. So I did feel like this. If the one thing, maybe I'll save this for the beef section, but like I did feel like it was a little bit um, anticlimactic. The battle for some reason against the against the unicorn, and I think it's because it was all Constantine. Only Constantine did something there. It was Constantine and Gary was what saved the day. And they gathered all the devices and stuff, but I could have used that team, that kind of team battle, that kind of working together. That's what I like from this show, is that there's a bunch of different superheroes and they can each do something different. And when they do that, even if it's like in a scheme, not so much a battle, it's kind of nice to see. I would agree, and that could be one possible concern for the season, since it is going to have a magical bent. Right. Constantine seems to be, he's going to be your go-to guy. He's going to have the spells. He's going to know... How often are the, the legends going to be just like be the ingredient gatherers? Right. And you'll basically just be watching while I do this magic. I bet there's going to be a lot of like, here's a trap that Constantine has set. They have to fight that thing into the trap. Hmm. It's stuff like that. Yeah. Which you can actually have a lot of action in that sense. So I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, Sarah's like, hey, you know what? The, the big difference between her and Constantine is that she does not want to keep her friends and family away. That She sees them yeah. as a strength and not a weakness. I'm glad she tells Ava by the end of this because I was going to get real annoyed by the fact that she was going to keep this going for a couple of episodes. I even thought like one episode, just like tell tell her that there's monsters. You had to open the gate to get rid of the big demon. Yeah, that's the only way to do it. So it's kind of this is just collateral damage of the whole thing. I think she's going to forgive you, and we see that she does that. And there's a nice moment where she's hanging up the medals in the in the apartment. I do like that because last season I felt like there were a couple episodes where Sarah should have made that leap and she didn't, and we just right. get it, and it ended up just kind of dragging things out, and we kind of complained about that. So I agree, it was nice that they finally get to a point in the relationship where, yeah, let's actually just be straightforward with each other. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. And so, I mean, Sarah says, like, hey, she wants me to move in with her. And Sarah says, I do want to move in, but I also need to take care of all this stuff that's going on with this magic. So I need to be with my team out there and doing it. Yeah. But I'd like that it's not an end, as Sarah said, like, I mean, as Ava said, like, I still want our relationship to evolve. And Sarah says, yeah, so do I. Right. So I, I do like that. So it keeps, it keeps Ava involved in the mix because she is a, a regular this season as well. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Constantine is going to be involved, too. So that's going to get in the way. And that's that's a nice little like, it's a nice little bump, but I don't think it's um, an annoying 
thing in the way of the relationship, which sometimes happens with TV shows where it's like, oh, they're only doing this so that they can fight and break up and get back together again. I could see them building this relationship and dealing with the distance, the working with an ex, all that stuff, and still having it be dramatic and interesting to watch without totally getting in the way of this relationship we're liking. So, And the one thing we see at the end of the episode where Sarah goes to recruit Constantine, like, hey, you should be just part of the Legends full-time. Right. See how great we work together as a team? Great things can happen. And she does notice that when Constantine's kind of surly in his, uh, in his apartment or his hotel that he's staying at, she does ask, what happened to you uh, over those five months? And it does feel like that's going to be some sort of key. Oh, interesting. Because she says, you know, you're more surly than usual. What happened during these five months that we didn't see you? So it feels like there's something, some there that made Constantine a little bit more yeah. reluctant to want to even get involved with these guys. Right. And that has probably something to do with whatever wrote in blood on the window, I'm coming for you, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> There you go. So that's kind of how the episode ends. Pretty familiar when you're going with Johnny. And not just John or Jonathan. Johnny sounds like a friend or a lover. Ooh. Oh. It, uh, yeah, I... <laughs> Just seeing uh, great Matt Ryan, you know, great actor, do enjoy him. But when he's – the bit is that he's just forced to convulse as some sort of mystical entity is attacking him. I was like, mm, mm. all right. That's my least favorite part of magic Save inside. Save it for the beef. Oh, all right. You're right. I guess I should get to the beef. Save it. Do you want to get to our special segment? Well, yeah. Uh, before we even get to that, folks, is that, you know what? Uh, we are available on a wide variety of podcast platforms. Yes. So, yeah, whether it's uh, Stitcher or I- Apple iTunes. And, you know, if you're on iTunes, you can give us reviews as well. So give us a chance. Go over to iTunes. If you want to see our beautiful, beautiful faces, go to YouTube. Oh, yes. Find us on YouTube. Subscribe. And, yeah, subscribe. Like. Share. We love you. That's right. We And we want you to love us in return, please. Put a review. Put a review always helps. That's right, because Lex Michael needs those five stars to, to live. To survive. That's where he is right now, because we haven't been doing this for a while. He hasn't had five stars in a while. That's right. So he needs those quickly. In desperate need. <laughs> All right, everybody. The hot new segment that's going to be sweeping the, uh, the, the internet fandom by storm immediately after the show finishes, and that is, uh, what's Frank's beef? What's Frank's Why's beef? Why's that's right. That's our, that's our sound cue. So, Frank, it's your beef. My beef. What beefs right? do you have? We're still workshopping this, so I, 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 I kind of let the beef slip a little bit before we get into yeah, the yeah, first yeah. segment. But that is, if we're going to do mystical things, I, I don't really enjoy mystical shows, whether it be The Exorcist or whatever kind of when they introduce mystical elements, and it's just a human being kind of convulsing. Ugh, that's my least favorite. <laughs> is that really that bad? It is. It's just like if mm, it's like if on. it's just. When you're having magic and possession, you're going to have some convulsing human beings at points. And also, I think it was quick enough in this episode. You think it felt like a long time. I know it was relatively short, but it still felt like a long time to me. I guess. <laughs> it didn't, I didn't watch it go like, oh, God. Where are we? Well, Constantine just convulsing. It's like, I don't know. It's setting up the fact that he's being overpowered by something that's greater than him. And that's all they're trying to do without showing any sort of uh, shark quite yet. They want to, like, hide that shark as much as possible. And so that's why in this first episode, all you need to do is have him being overpowered and and kind of tied up by an invisible force and then spooky letters on the wall. And then you know that there's a big battle on the horizon. 
but you know, when you go that route, you mm-hmm. get to what we have from last season, which I never really enjoyed, was malice. You tease him along the way, and then you finally reveal his true form at the end. And he's a he's a devil on the side of a van. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it's just <laughs> like... <laughs> Fantasia. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> if, if you're going to wait and like do this big reveal, make sure it's worth it. Well, that's, you know, that's up to the future. And I think that they, hopefully, they will make it worth it. Like, I was, I'm on the same boat with you with Malice. I was surprised. Until they had Bebo fighting Malice, and then it was great that he was fighting a meatloaf cover versus a Furby. You know, like, (laughs) that that was a nice little back and forth. But until then, I was like, yeah, you know, it was just this. But I, I think they're just doing, I think they have a nice convulsion can be one scene. They can't do it too much. They did. They do have to watch it. I'll agree with you on there. I, you know, I, I'm fine with never seeing another just invisible convulsion scene. I want to. If we're gonna see this big bad, I actually want to see some manifestation of it. Frank's beef this week: invisible convulsions. Will they come back? Did I officially eat it? I don't think I ate all that beef. I, I think know. there's a little bit of beef left on the uh, on the plate. You know what? Only you in the chat room can uh, can really tell. Right. By the way, the chat's not working. I was looking at an old episode, so uh, I'm sorry. I hope you've enjoyed these conversations with yourselves. Uh, it's been going. We will get it up here. Let's see if we can. But anyways, thank you for talking. But also, like, you know, tweet at us. We'll continue this conversation later. Absolutely. Also, I believe we have a little bit of news. That's right. Absolutely. Some hot news coming your way, folks. After Buzz TV News. That's right. If you are, if you're a fan of the DC TV universe, uh, one, Legends of Tomorrow is just one of the many shows included in that. You've yeah. got Flash, Green Arrow, you have Black Lightning, and Supergirl. Black Lightning more of the outlier as yeah, of right he's now. Not in the same universes for now. For now, true. Uh, it's so. only a matter of time before I think they'll we'll see their paths cross. Okay, but uh, for this season, that is not going to be the case. But if you were uh, looking at Stephen Amell's uh, social media. He uh, sent out a photo of him uh, for the new uh, Elseworlds crossover that's going to be happening with only Supergirl, The Flash, and Green Arrow this season. And yeah, but you also have the the Green Arrow is dressed as The Flash, and The Flash is dressed as Green Arrow. Which is cool, but that, that like the, the poster for that episode was kind of teased. Uh, it was released last week. Oh, yeah? What was released today, though, which is really cool, is that you're also seeing your boy, John Wesley Shipp, the original Flash. In from, the old effort. Yes. He's in the muscle outfit that, like... That's his real body, dude. That took... No. That, is, that took that took the superhero world at the time by storm. They were just like, wow, this guy's not just in spandex. He actually has some muscle definition going on. That was a big deal. It looks super cheap now, but I'm glad they brought it back. It looks great. Like, that looks like The Flash. I'm, I'm excited. I'm jazzed yeah, to see he's it. so huge, though. I mean, to go back to that, that show, it is a great show, but it's just the fact that he doesn't ever fight any real, like, villains. He just fights, like, thugs a lot, and that just yeah. gets really old really quick. Well, you have, like, you still have Mark Hamill, right? Show he only showed up for the... a couple episodes, and, like, David Cassidy showed up as a Mirror Master. Oh. And if it had, had gotten renewed for a season two, the first episode was going to be Mirror Master. That and was just one Tebow. season. It was just a one and done. And yet look at what like seeds it's planted. That's true. It is still people uh, will post like, that is my Flash if I think of my Flash. But the Legends of Tomorrow news, <laughs> to, yes. to link it back, is that they will not appear in the same crossover episode, which is unfortunate. But they will have their own like kind of separate episode that's dealing with the crossover with themselves. How did you describe yeah, it? so they're going to be essentially crossing over with themselves. Yeah, so uh, they're going to keep their crossover, their yearly crossover contained to the first three uh, Green Lantern, uh, Green Lantern, 
Maybe Ooh. someday. Maybe Green Arrow, The Flash, and uh, Supergirl. But this the uh, this season, Legends will opt out and they'll do their own where they're going to cross over with this, themselves. It's basically insane, as uh, Kitty Lotz described it. So what they're going to do is they uh, wanted to do something special since they were going to be included in the Elseworlds crossover. And basically, you see, they're going to be going through alternate time periods and meeting alternate versions of themselves. Yeah. So it'd be very similar to uh, the season two finale, where we where they went back to the uh, uh, yeah right, and they ended up crossing paths with themselves. And also seeing uh, Snart like and talk and having the the good Snart kind of join yes. them too. Um, one thing uh, I do like that it's still in the same vein. It kind of feels like uh, comic book crossovers that tends to happen, where there's like, oh, if if you read this comic book, it's also kind of in the same crossover because it's dealing with whatever weirdness is happening, but it's it's still a separate storyline. Yeah, so be, I don't mind it. <laughs> it'd be like those old DC comics when Crisis of Infinite Earths was coming out. Yeah, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it would just be your special tie-in, and all it would be is like the the skies would be kind of red in the background, like. Oh, yeah, this is happening during the same time. The only reason why I would like it to be a bit more evolved is so that it could, uh, um, it's so that it could, like, maybe help the ratings of Legends of Tomorrow so we can keep the show going because I think it's the best of the DC shows. But, I mean, if you look at it, certainly with those crossovers, they are, there's a lot of story real estate to tell in there. And if you add the Legends into that crossover, that's also just a ton of characters to have to deal with yeah. as well. And especially if you're going to be Legends adding, is a lot of characters. It is. Alone. And you're in this crossover, they're introducing Batwoman, as, and they're bringing back Lois Lane. Batwoman. Or bringing back Superman and introducing Lois Lane. Ooh, that's a lot. So that in itself is a lot. And so I feel like it's a smart move for Greg Berlanti and the rest of the Legends of Tomorrow crew to say, hey, yeah, why don't we take them out, do something special on our own, and then that way the, special, the Elseworlds story itself can be more focused and contained. Right. And we can still tell a really cool Legends episode. Oh, this is a fun idea. By the way, we do have a little bit of the chat up. Uh, Luna Malfoy 7 says, I would love if they crossed over with season one and the new legends would be so confused. <laughs> that would be kind of nice. To have somebody, like, as Dave was saying earlier, like, why are you guys going to three different times? Why is this? A, <laughs> I think it's a better way to defeat Vandal Savage, but uh, okay. All yeah. right. You guys are hot people? All right, cool. <laughs> Got hot people going on? <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, nobody ever talks about the Hawks anymore. Yeah, everyone's forgotten about the Hawks. Yeah, that's all a shame. Around. Uh, all right. Well, I feel like, you know, this time of the episode, uh, as we're winding down, we probably should do some predictions about what we Yeah, let's do some predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. predictions. I do feel like, you know, we're going to get into the magic stuff going on. Um, and I'm curious to see what's, I feel like we've teased this a little bit before, but whatever was going on with Constantine in the, in that time period is probably going to be whatever wrote on the, on the mirror there. So we'll see that in the future episodes. But also I'm wondering, I think we're going to get Wally back, right? Are we getting Uh, Wally? Well, he is stepped away from the, he was not going to, he opted not to be a season regular. So I think he can show up for guest appearances. Because the way he was talking in the episode of The Flash, the episodes of The Flash this season, is he's like, I got to go back to the Legends. Like, that's where I'm really shining, isn't with the Legends. And I have to step away from you guys. And they're like, go, do your thing. So I expected him to be back, but he isn't back yet. No, he decided to. He wanted to work on some other aspects of his career. Right. And so I feel like the door is open, uh, much like anybody that's been on a, a DC TV universe show is that, hey, yeah. Okay. If you're not a season regular, you can still come back if your schedule is permitting and we got a really cool idea. Uh, okay. Let's get you in. I'd like to have Wally back on the team. 
It, w- it was a nice addition. It is. Uh, it's a bummer that he did uh, that. He chose to kind of pursue other ventures. Yeah, that makes sense, though. That makes sense. But I feel like, as we saw from the tease for next week, it was like a fairy godmother. So mm-hmm. it does make me feel like a lot of the season could be spins on popular popular archetypes in the mystical realm. Yeah, my only fear about next week's episode is that they're going to do the exact same joke of this week's episode, which is that oh look, it's the friendly, kindly, magical creature that turns out to be evil. I'm hoping there's another spin there. I hope they do something else. From the teaser, it looks like that's exactly the joke that they're doing, and we just saw it this episode. But they're also dealing with the, looks like the witch trials, maybe? Or something like that, because there's a lot of Puritans looks going on. So uh, I think that'll be fun. Maybe that's why the witch trials are happening, because there's real witches all of a sudden, or real fairy godmothers. So that's fun. I, I didn't really, and who knows how the story is going to be constructed. You don't really didn't see any Constantine teased in that. No. And I don't know if they're doing kind of a slow build to kind of integrate Constantine into the team, which in a way I don't mind because I feel like taking Constantine how he is and how he's structured, and he is so anti-friend or anti-kind of, you know, buddy-buddy, uh, you know, like let's all join arms and do our thing, that you need a few episodes to kind of make sense for him to want to be with these guys. It's also going to be interesting because I think we are going uh, to have Nora Dark join up at some point, or she's going to be in a couple of episodes because they're definitely building up this relationship. And that's two magical-powered people on the team or working with them. So that might be too much. So maybe they'll deal with Nora and then kind of switch off the Constantine and kind of go back and forth between the two. I felt like I, I would seem like Nora after the events of last season. I know that Zarya, her concern was like, you know, she's, you know, she was, you know, led over to this, given this, this cult right. who, you know, was then had to be the, the host for a demon. But I feel like kind of released of that. I think that she's not a complete, she's not off the deep end in terms of being a bad guy. I think that she could come back and still be somebody like a, somebody looking for redemption. Yeah, I think so too. I think there's options for that. I also hope that we get werewolves in the Alamo. I hope we have werewolves in the animal. I hope they were actually putting down something that's going to come back a little later. That I, I, that's true. That's because I, oh, I asked for it and you got it. Like, yeah. I don't want it anymore. No. Uh, I will leave us, though, on, on a nice positive note. There was a sequence where all the legends find themselves in, in, in uh, Woodstock. Yeah. And, they're, and we're doing some kind of nice funky editing with a lot of split screens and stuff. Oh, that was such a good sequence. And they all come together and it all fades down. Uh, and they see they're all in one frame together. And I look at Dave Child and he has a smile and he goes, I like that. I thought it was nice. I thought it was a nice little, like, I like to see them do interesting visual things. And also bringing the team where they start talking to one another as they're walking. It felt like an homage to something, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It felt very familiar to me, like it was referencing some other 60s movie or something. Mm, And I didn't quite figure out what it was. But it had, um, it just had a nice little sequence. And then when it came down, they did the chest bumps. That was, that was great. That was a nice little moment. And never forget that Ray and Nate are now uh, brony bros. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is with that is they can't have so many fandoms. After a while, like, I watched all of the first uh, My Little Pony season of the newer My Little Ponies. Mm -hmm. I will admit that. But I forget all their names. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a full-blown brony. I watched it to be like, why is my brother a brony? (laughs) That's That's why I watched it. I was like, okay, I get it. But they're not – they can't have all the fandoms. There's going to be blind spots for them. And I'm curious to see where those blind spots actually are. 
And I think that defines their characters a bit more. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dave and I have reached the end of this episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. We did it, Dave. We did it. Look at that. Good job. But you know what? The fun doesn't stop here. It's oh. just getting started because uh, you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. We enjoy all your comments. And if you're watching this after we've streamed live, feel free to comment down below as well. But if you want to get in touch with any of us after the show's aired, Dave, where can they find you? Oh, they could find me at MRDaveChild on Twitter or DaveChild.com, because I'm Dave Child. Also, catch me on the Doctor Who After Show that happens on Sundays. So I just talk about all the time-traveling scamps out there. <laughs> uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. Lex and Lucretia will be back with us here next week, so we'll have a full mm-hmm. panel. Full panel. Yes, we're excited. So we'll see you back here next Monday night for another episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 